Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Come on now. Where did that guy go? Huh? We need him back. That shirt, my wife got that shirt and she put it in hot water and then put it in the dryer. It shrunk like a lot of my clothes shrunk. I tell (laughs) you. You all know anyone else have that problem? Hey, we do have Discover Freedom, and I encourage you, it's this Friday night um, from, uh, I think it starts at 7, there's still time to sign up, goes through till about 12 o'clock or so on Saturday. Um, What a great ministry. You know, God wants a sanctified spirit, soul, and body. Now may God sanctify you spirit, soul, and body. God wants it all set apart for him, that word sanctified, just set apart, and there's parts of our souls that, that just... Like they, they have strongholds in them, strongholds of unforgiveness, hurt, pain, judgments, bitterness, roots of bitterness, sort of that our soul or mindsets. They, they don't want to be renewed. They don't want to forgive. They, they're stuck in pain or fear or all kinds of things. And um, our identity, uh, the identity we have in Christ, your soul can block that identity. You can have a spiritual reality that your soul doesn't want to accept. And, and so it's so important that that we, we avail ourselves of the ministry of the Holy Spirit who's come to set us free, who's come to reveal the nature and character of Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus, of who I am in Christ. And so I just encourage you uh, to uh, open your heart and your soul up to it. Hey, if you're ever considering marriage, if you, if you want some of the ugly out before you have to take it out on your spouse and think that you guys weren't meant for each other, get your soul clean. Man, seriously, I'm... Get your soul uh, healed and whole so that you don't carry that garbage and you don't continue it in, in your life. You don't continue it in your legacy, in your family. Well, my dad was this and my mom was that. And it's like, okay, let God reparent you. Let God reparent you and open your heart to him so we can be the body of Christ that reflects Jesus. Amen? All right. Okay, man, did Jeremy, you're on fire you're on fire, brother. Fire of God. Amen. It's like, I like when he says, come on. Come on. That's what Jesus said. Come on. Follow me. Come on. Where are we going? Doesn't matter. Follow me. So many of us want the plan, right? So many of us want to be in control. You're not in control. Like, give up control. Give it over to the one who knows where he's going. Knows the beginning to the end. Amen. Like, why, why are we so stubbornly foolish? Like, we know. It's like, no, he knows. He's God. He's king. He's Lord. Come on, sell out. Give it all. Quit, quit being that bad B Western actor that's been shot 400 times and refuses to die. You know? <laughs> Just go ahead and die so that you might live. Amen? All right. Y'all ready to get into the word? Ready for the word to get into you? All right, I found out last night that I had more content than I had time, so I'm not going to mess around. We're going to jump right in. Father God in heaven, 
uh, here we are, Lord, to worship. Here we are to bow down in our hearts, our minds. We want to be sanctified, God. We don't want uh, just part of you. We want all of you, God. We're not here to be religious and try to keep you in a box or contain you. We can't do it. It's foolish to think so. But here we are, God, uh, that our hearts might be opened wide, that your anointing might come and break every yoke, destroy every word, so that we might be renewed, so that we might receive the word by faith and act upon it, and it bears fruit, and fruit that remains for your glory. We pray for this in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen and amen. All right, let's jump right in. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. This is like the anchor verse of our, our series that we're doing on the kingdom of God, the king and his kingdom. Uh, I want to introduce another scripture, Psalm 22, 27 through 28. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. John, on the Isle of Patmos in the book of Revelation, saw the fulfillment of this, of what's coming. He saw that every nation or ethnos, you get the word ethnicity, that, that whole idea that there are many races is not a biblical idea. There are many ethnicities, but there's only one race. It's called the human race. And the enemy is working overtime to create our ethnicities as things of, of difference, but let me just tell you what, there's one race, it's called the human race, and Jesus died for it all. Amen? And, that, and, and, God, and before the throne of heaven, there's every ethnicity represented that's ever lived. Praise be to God. I should have brought a good amen, but I don't know. Verse 18, can we read it out loud together? For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Amen. I want to I talk about today the king and his kingdom. I want to talk about the nature of the kingdom. Now, last week, we spoke about the nature of the king. Who is this king? He's Jesus. If you missed that message, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to it and understand the nature of our king. And this week, we're going to consider the nature of the kingdom. Now, when we speak of the kingdom of God, when I speak of the kingdom of God, I'm doing so with the understanding that you and I are to live quorum Deo. It's a Latin term, which means to live before the face of God or to live in the presence of God. We don't have a king who's far off. We don't have a king that we can't approach or can't get to. We don't have to be a paparazzi and try to get a picture of him or try to, you know, have to get uh, National Enquirer to find out what he's up to or what he's doing. No, we have a king that is personal and relational and that we can have personal access to. And, that, and we want to live before his presence, uh, before the presence of God, under the authority of God to the glory of God. And so we're to pray, thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Not thy kingdom come and mine too. No, there can only be one king in this kingdom. There only be one king. You've got to make a decision. Are you going to get off the throne and let him be on the throne? Or are you going to let yourself and your mom and your daddy and your, and your, and your uh, religion or your uh, traditions? What, what's going to get on that throne? You make a decision. No, one king one throne in Jesus, and I got to get off. And, and, and lies got to get off, and tradition has to get off, 
and mama said and daddy said has to get off, it's gotta be what God said. The Greek word for kingdom is basile and it means primarily the rule of God and secondly, the realm over which the rule and reign is exercised. And so when you are to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, what you're praying is, God, I want you to rule over every phase and facet of my life. I, I want you to rule over my parenting life. I want you to rule over my soul life. I want you to live over, uh, rule over my physical life. I want you to live uh, rule over my social life. Come on now, I want your kingdom. I want your rule and your reign, body, soul, and spirit. I'm not relegating it to a time far away. The kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God are used simultaneously in the Bible. And God is wanting a breakthrough of heaven to come down into earth now. We're not waiting for it. We are on some aspects, but we want his presence here now. I pray for his presence when I'm being tempted. God, I need your presence. Holy Spirit, I need to yield to you because my body and my flesh is wanting to yield to immediate comfort. I don't want to delay the comfort. I don't want to delay the pleasure. I want, I want the anger to get out now. I want, to, I want to get revenge now. See, I need your presence, God, to rule and reign because my flesh is wanting to rise up. My flesh is wanting to, to do what I know will not bring honor to you. It will not bring glory to you. It will not bring a blessing to my family, to my church family. It won't bring blessing to my finances. God, I need you. That's what we're praying. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let's get to my points here. More points. First, if you're going to live in the kingdom, you've got to understand the nature of the kingdom. Just like when you go to another country, you need to understand some of the cultural aspects of that country. If you're going to be accepted, if you're going to be received, and if you're going to be honorable to them. They're not necessarily right or wrong. They're just customs. Like for Japan, my understanding is I've never been, but they, it's customary that you take your shoes off. You don't wear the shoes in their home. And it's like, there's no law against that. It's not ungodly. So you would want to respect that culture, right? You would want to do that. You wouldn't want to do, Paul said, give honor to whom honors do, give custom to whose customs do. And so there are some honors and customs that aren't ours, but they're theirs. And so we shouldn't be arrogant when we walk into other places and act like we can take over and do our own thing. That's disrespectful. That's not godly. And so we need to learn the nature of the kingdom that we've been, Bible says, we've been transferred from the domain or the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. Now, a lot of translations say beloved son, but I love it when it says the son of his love. And so we're in, we're in we're, you've been transferred into a love kingdom. Amen. The son of his love. He loves the son. And guess what? The son loves. He loves the father. And he loves the church. And he's building the church. And he loves what he's building. But how can we have a lot of Christians that hate the church? Because <laughs> they're not in the kingdom. Uh, they're not. They, they, they're in a mindset that's not of the kingdom. They're not understanding the nature of the kingdom. But it's primarily a spiritual kingdom. You got to understand that it's a spiritual kingdom. Spiritual. It's spiritual. And then it's large. That's why it wasn't received by many of the religious people because they were expecting a physical kingdom to come and be set, a physical king to become. Not a spiritual one, but a physical one. They wanted to overthrow the Roman tyranny. They wanted to establish it 
here and now. And yet, that's not the way God was doing it. It's a spiritual kingdom, Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in what? In the Holy Spirit. But men will always try to make the kingdom something that's about eating and drinking. Oh, you can't eat that. You can't eat pork. You can't eat that. You can't dress that way. You can't wear that. You shouldn't wear a hat in this place. See, wearing hats in places, that's cultural. It's cultural. It's not a kingdom issue. It's cultural. <laughs> Some of you, I mean, come on, man. Come on. Deal with your attitude. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Come on. I say, do we need to have an altar call right now? Lord God, forgive me my judgmental, prejudiced attitudes. I know I'm right, but Lord, those who... D- Lord, those who, those who just don't have the revelation yet, I'm, I'm going to be patient with them. Get that head off. <laughs> Come on. But see, that's what religion will start doing that. And Paul, go read Romans 14. And they were, the church getting all divided. You're eating meat, sacrificed to idols and all. They said, people, the kingdom of God is not this. Kingdom of God is spiritual primarily first. Now it does get manifest in the natural, it does, but it starts in the spiritual. If you're trying to make the natural spiritual, you're you're you're, you're gonna be a legalistic, frustrated, angry. I don't know what you're gonna be, but it's not gonna be Christ. I know that. Luke 17. Now when he asked was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. He answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. It starts inside. The kingdom of God is within you. In John chapter 4, this is an amazing thing because Jesus is now talking to a woman in public, but not just any woman, but a Samaritan woman. This was crazy. He was bringing a different kingdom mindset. Do you understand? He, he, he was the kingdom come, and he is the kingdom come, and he is the king of that kingdom. And, and he was coming, uh, and he was speaking to a woman who was a Samaritan, and women were not... Re- Women in that day and in that culture were pretty much relegated to uh, like uh, a piece of property. They didn't have many rights. They were to keep silent, <laughs> that sort of stuff, right? That was what, and Jesus was changing that whole thing. He was, uh, he was changing that whole thing. And he came to a city of Samaria, which he called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink for me, a Samaritan woman? Like, she understood the cultural uh, no-nos, and this guy was violating them, all right? For Jews have, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. They, they literally believed they were the scum of the earth, and that was it. Like, they were worthless. They were morons, fools, and we have nothing to do with them. And here Jesus, a Jew, is 
having this conversation with this Samaritan woman. Jesus answered her and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now Jesus is speaking of not literal water, but spiritual water. But because she has not, she is still in the natural, this is her response. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst or come here to draw. Do you understand? She's still thinking naturally. And here's the deal. You will only think naturally until something has happened to you spiritually. All right, we'll get into that more in a minute. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. I love the way Jesus gets to the point. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And she's just setting herself up. With her questions. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband in that you spoke truly. (laughs) Now here's what most people will do today. What are you, judging me? You're judging me. Like when you confront people, it's like, is the woman you're living with your spouse? Oh, that, that would never happen here in America today, but it would never happen in the church. It happens out there in the world amongst those sinners. <sighs> See, we're not regarding the king and his kingdom. We're not regarding and we're not honoring him. That's why she didn't, she didn't, what are you judging me for? What do you know? He said, the woman said to her, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> now we're getting, now the light bulb's turning on, man. It's coming on. Praise God. It's, it's a, and our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that Jerusalem is a place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we, and what we worship, that for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is. Now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father, what? In spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Who is the Father seeking? He's he's seeking those who worship in spirit and in truth. No, you gotta go to Jerusalem for God to seek you. You gotta go pray at the wailing wall to be really spiritual. You gotta play at a, a certain place at a certain time to be real. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That, you, you guys, that's not the way it is in my kingdom. 
For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Right here in front of you. Right here, right now. Nothing to wait for. Right here, right now. But will you open your spirit or are you still going to think naturally? And that's why the kingdom, you must understand, it's spiritual first. And secondly, if you even want to see it, you must be born again. You must. Look at what Jesus said. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now Nicodemus, like the woman at the well, was stuck in the natural. He was stuck in the natural carnal thinking. And so he says to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, I say Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Now, if you've never been born of the water of birth, naturally, then there's no need for you to be born again, right? Jesus is not referring to water baptism at this statement. He's talking about the water of birth. And so he understood that. Natural is natural. Spiritual is spiritual. Y'all get it? All right. We got to get it. You got to understand it because a natural man can't perceive the things of the spirit. They're foolishness to him. Go look at, go read through Corinthians and see the mess that the Corinthian church was in because they were trying to live carnally, spiritually. That's what was going on. They were natural, carnal Christians who were not of the Spirit. They were of Paul. They were of Barnabas. They, I, he baptized me. I go to this church. I go to that church. He says, you're mere babes. You're natural. And the natural man can't perceive the things of the Spirit. They're foolishness to him. And that's where religion gets in. And religion sucks. It sucks the life out of you. It will, because you have now natural people trying to make religious laws to become spiritual. And it will never produce anything but death. That's why legalism, some of the most legalistic people fall into the most horrible sins. Why? Because they're fighting it in their flesh. And they're trying to make a rule or a law that can only be changed by the Spirit of God. Third point, I gotta move quickly. The biblical pattern to enter. This is the biblical pattern. How do we get into the kingdom? And here's the pattern. It's repentance. Matthew 4, 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's a message that's hardly ever preached anymore. It, we're telling people you can stay the way you are. You don't have to change. You don't have to turn away from anything. If you're involved in sexual immorality, no problem. If you're involved in thievery, no problem. If you're a robber or a thief, a gossip, if you're, you know, if you're just struggling, as we call it, you're just struggling, 
It's like, I, I don't see you struggling at all. You just keep doing it. Like, there's no fight. There's no battle to resist it. You just like, you just keep doing it. No, you, re- you got to repent. You got to turn the other way. Like, you, you have to forsake bad company because it corrupts good morals. You know, like, oh, honey, I, I, I meant to not have an affair on you, and I really don't want to have, but she's so pretty. And I mean, just so seducing. How, in the natural, we're not putting up with that, are we? But we want God to put up with it. Oh, come on now. Like, what? Why? Because we're twisted. Our minds aren't renewed. And we're trying to project on God our natural thinking. And we, we, we're end up creating a God in our own image, not in the image of who he really is. And we need to repent, each and every one of us. In fact, it says, truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked. Praise God, he's overlooked a lot of my ignorance. <laughs> Praise God. But now, what does he do? He commands all men everywhere to what? Change. To change, repent, change your mind. Have a renewed mind change. You're headed in the wrong direction. The road is out. The bridge is out. Don't go there. Oh, I can get across that bridge. It's not out. You're lying to me. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> no, repent. I tell you, turn around. Repent. You don't know better. Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained, being Jesus. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Repent. Why? Because there's a day of reckoning coming for you. Repent. Because the chickens are going to come home to roost. Repent. Quit sowing seeds of destruction. Quit, Quit rationalizing your sin. Quit, quit giving yourself a hall pass that God's not given you. Quit counterfeiting and twisting what God's word has said. Repent and submit to it. He's the king of love. He's got your best interests in mind. His ways are best and they're better. And he knows more than you know. Come on. Repent. Repent. It's a good word. It's not a four-letter word. It's a good word. Repent. Someone is urging you to repent because they love you. They love you. First Corinthians, or you do not know. This is going to be a controversial. It shouldn't be, but it is in today's culture. But I don't care. I'm out of the culture of the kingdom. And I want the kingdom to come. And I want it to come in your life. And I want it to come in my life. And now look at what it says. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral... So everyone said, oh, you're always picking on the LGBTQ. No, I'm not. God calls all sin, sin. Okay? He calls all sin, sin. They say, you're the one that keeps bringing this issue up, not me. But when you do, I'm going to address it. Amen? Amen? Like, you're the one shoving it down my throat, trying to normalize it and tell me it's okay, when the Scripture clearly said it's not. If you were trying to shove gossip down my throat, I'd say the same thing. Gossipers and liars and thieves are all going to find the lake of fire. That's what the Bible says. And 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 the cowardly lead them there. Go read Revelation. Who led the pack into hell? The cowardly. 
And so let's address that sin. But, well, we don't want to address that sin. Why? Because, well, well, pastor, we're, we're just all, you know, we're just all, you know, just human beings. I said, I knew you weren't no angel. <laughs> Unless in my fallen one that's manifested now, you're demonized what happened here. Let's say, <clears throat> Do not be deceived. And what is happening in the earth? One of the greatest marks of the last time is deception. Deception, doctrines of demons get introduced. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will what? Inherit the kingdom of God. Now here's good news, verse 11. And such were some of you. How many of you were some of those things? Come on, I'm a, I'm, I'm a were. <laughs> Praise be to God. <laughs> but you were washed. Woo! Come on, Jeremy. I've been washed in the blood. I've been sanctified. I've been set apart. I've been forgiven. I were that, but I'm not now. I'm a blood-bought child of God filled with his Holy Spirit. I give him praise and glory. My identity is in Christ and Christ alone. But you were washed and you were sanctified, set apart, made clean. Come on. I didn't clean myself up. God cleaned me up. And when God looks at me now, he looks at Jesus. He sees me covered by his blood. He sees the imputed righteousness of Jesus over my life. He's taken my garments of shame and he's put my onesie on me and I'm all clean. Come on, man. Are you hearing me? I am covered from head to toe. How many of you remember onesies? How many of you remember having to have help getting into them? Come on, man. Oh, from head to toe. Praise be to God, you are justified. I've been justified as if I'd never sinned in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Come on, come on, church. Listen, this is the truth. We don't have to be there. And I invite all, come on in. Come on in. Repent, turn from your excuse, quit, come and be set free. The other key to entrance is water baptism. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So water baptism is not an option. Now, I'm not, I'm in the kingdom through being born again. But, but the pattern of entering the fullness of the kingdom, to receive it fully, is to be water baptized. You don't, you're not in charge anymore. Just stop trying to be in charge of your life and obey God. If you've not been water baptized since believing, then repent and get water baptized. Just stop the nonsense. Stop the excuse. Stop it all. It doesn't save you. You're not more saved, but you are more obedient. And obedience is the love language of God. I love him. I obey him because I love him. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So quit saying you love God and refusing to be water baptized. Stop it. And repent. And get in the water. It was the pattern. 
And you're going to break it, huh? You're going to change it. No, you're not. So just, see, it's, not, it's an issue of what is going on in your will. What is going on in your understanding that you're not repenting. And you're not coming into agreement with what God wants. Do you understand the struggle here? Kingdoms are in conflict. There's the kingdom of the world, the flesh, and the devil. And you've got to submit it all to him. He's the king, and he wants to be king. Guys, you guys are just way too early. You sped the clock up, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> and then there's spirit baptism. This is spirit baptism, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're baptized into the body of Christ by the Spirit at your born-again experience. But there's another infilling that happens, and that's actually an ongoing infilling. Ephesians says, be on being filled with the Spirit. And so I do not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Acts 19.2, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? That was a question to people who had already believed. And no, they hadn't. They hadn't and they needed it. And so I just want to go for further study, and I'm not going through this right now. But you go check me out on this. Philip's met for Further study the pattern, go read Acts 8, 6 through 12 about Philip's message. Go read Saul's conversion in Acts 9, 5 through 17. Go read, if you need my notes, you can get them, okay? I will send my notes to anyone who requests them. Uh, they probably can post them somewhere, but you can get them, all right? Just go info at Rock of KC, they'll get mailed, emailed to you. Peter at Caesarea, Acts chapter 10, 44 through 48. And Paul at Ephesus, Acts 19, 2 through 6. Fourthly, the kingdom is past, present, and future. You got to understand the nature of the kingdom. It's kingdom past, kingdom present, and kingdom future. All right? You got to understand it. It's all not going to happen right here and now. Okay? There is stuff that's going to happen. King's going to manifest. It's going to come. Not in the wisdom of man, but the power of God. But it's not all. It's yet future too. The kingdom past. God created the heaven and the earth. Genesis 1. God created an invisible world and a visible world and wanted to bring the invisible to the visible. He is a sovereign ruler over his creation. He rules over all, Psalm 103, 19. We've read that. He rules over mankind, Daniel 4. For this has been decreed by the messengers. It is commanded by the holy ones. The purpose of this decree is that the whole world may understand that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses, even to the lowliest of humans. Daniel chapter 4. At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, remember Nebuchadnezzar, 90-foot idol, tried to get people to bow down to him, tried to pretend that he's God. God said, you overstepped a bound. You're going to become like an animal. He became like an animal. He came to his senses, and he says, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me. Praise God for revelation and mercy and grace. I blessed the Most High and praised, honored Him who lives forever for His dominion is an everlasting dominion and His kingdom is from generation to generation. His kingdom is past. His kingdom rules over history. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all His promises and loving toward all He has made. And John the Baptist and Jesus both said the kingdom is present for the kingdom of God is at hand. Right here, right now. The king has come, the king is coming, and the king will come. Listen, this is the truth. 
and then the kingdom is future in 1 Corinthians. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, Adam, now the resurrection from the dead has been through another man, Christ. Everyone dies because of all of us are related to Adam, the first man, but all who are related to Christ, the other man, will be given new life. That's our hope. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised first. Then when Christ comes back, all his people will be raised. After that, the end will come when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having put down all enemies of every kind. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is what? Is what? So here's the revelation. Has death been defeated? Yes, but has it been abolished? No. And this is why as believers we've got to understand and quit getting so ticked off at God when death happens. Why does God get blamed for what he's already told us is still at work? And people say, well, God took him. No, God didn't take him. Death took him. Death took him. Disease took him. The enemies of God took him. God received him if they were born again. Come on. I'm tired of the devil giving God the bad rap. And even out of the mouths of Christians, we've got to get our minds renewed. God did not take them. Death took them. And it's an enemy. And he's going to crush it under his feet. It's going to be abolished, but it's not. And that's the struggle that you and I live in, the tension that we, you and I live in, in this moment in time. The kingdom has come, and yet it's coming. And like, oh, God, could you hurry up and come? I, I really, I don't know what God's timetable is. I want as many people to get saved, the fullness of Gentiles, all that stuff that outside of my pay grade. But I tell you what, the more I see, I say, God, come. I don't care if my, my child doesn't get to go to high school, my grandkids, it doesn't matter. Come, Jesus, come. You know, we get so locked into this stuff that's so temporal. Say, Lord, I, the stuff they're gonna have to face as the world gets darker and darker and more godless. Really? You want to hold on to your, oh, I just want to go on one more vacation. Man, give me a new heaven and earth, man. Give me a new heaven and earth. Oh, come on. Come, Lord Jesus, come. For the scripture says God has given him authority over all things. Of course, when it says authority over all things, it does not include God himself who gave Christ his authority. Then, when he had conquered all things, the Son will present himself to God so that God, who gave his Son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. Amen. And so I'm saying, why are you waiting? Let him be supreme over your life now, right now, over everything. Surrender it all to him. Fifthly, what the kingdom of God is like. And I'm going to, listen, you need to go read Matthew 13 if you want to know the nature of the kingdom. It's full of, there's eight parables that Jesus says the kingdom is like this. The kingdom is like the sower. The kingdom is like, uh, go ahead and roll up, pass. And you can get my notes if you want to see what else I was going to say. Come on, roll, 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 roll. The key, there you are. The parable of the sower. The parable of the wheat. The parable of the mustard seed. The parable of the leaven. The parable of the hidden treasure. The parable of the costly pearl. The parable of the dragnet. And the parable of the new and the old treasures. Listen, it's all about the kingdom if you want to know the nature. And ultimately, here's what it is. Whatever it's worth sell everything and buy it buy the field and get the pearl buy the field and get the treasure come on listen I'm going to tell you something it, it, there are going to be tares among the wheat there are tares among the wheat and you 
And here's where religious people go, go get that tear out of here, get that tear. Jesus said, no, 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 no. The tares will grow up among the wheat and it's for the angels to pull them out at the end of the age. It's not for you and I to go around and say, oh, you're a tear. You're looking more like a tear every day. Listen, <laughs> we're gonna pull a Yankee up. And that's like, listen, we're just gonna let God do this. This is for the angels, that's for me. If I see you in sin, I'm to go to you in private. Go to you in private as a brother. It's a brother, you're sinning. I see it. Your attitude's wrong. Your lifestyle's wrong. It's not reflecting Christ. You profess Christ. The Bible says you need to abstain from evil. I don't see you doing that. You need to repent. Shut, get out of my face. Quit judging me. So, okay, I'm gonna bring a couple other brothers. They're bigger and they're badder. Maybe we can get it through to your head. <laughs> but in case they don't, then we then we say to the church, yeah, listen, this brother is not living. This sister is rebelling against the, the word of God and the kingdom of God and refuses to repent. And so we're, we're just saying don't associate with them. That's called church discipline. It's in your Bible. And what's the purpose of it? So that so that they get out from under the covering so that they feel the pain of what they're doing and they repent and come back. And see, that's why Paul said, hey, you guys, you've gotten so religious and you've gotten so self-righteous. You were allowing it. I'm the one that had to bring the judgment and you were allowing it and now you won't even let them back in after they repented. <laughs> yeah, wow. You see, you know you become real religious when you see the sin in others more than you see the sin in yourself. When their sin bothers you more than your sin does. Come on now. It's getting quiet in here. I got three minutes before the kids come rolling in here. Little Chucky dolls. <laughs> Let me out of here. Actually, it's the teachers, not the kids. <laughs> anyway. Lord, have mercy. We need some laughter. Hebrews 12, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape, who refused him who spoke on earth. Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are what? Verse 18, 28. For we are what? receiving a kingdom that is ongoing okay it's not a one and done I need to receive the kingdom daily I don't know about you I need to see the rule and the reign of the king daily I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit daily I need to be led by the Spirit daily I am receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken and I have things that come into my life that that are shaken like belief systems and they need to be because I need to be established on the truth of God's Word but listen therefore since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken let us have grace that we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. Now that's my sixth point. This kingdom cannot be shaken, Jennifer. Listen, the word shaken there, it cannot be toppled over. Are you, how, what kingdom do you want? The kingdom of this world or the kingdom of our God and of his Savior? It, can't, it, it can be shaken, but it can't be toppled over. You remember weebles? Weebles wobbles, but what? 
They can't fall down. The kingdom may wobble, but it won't fall down. It cannot be toppled over. And that's why we need to be rooted and grounded in the kingdom of God. And that's the rule and the reign of God by his spirit and his word and his authority. And all of God's people said, amen. Stand with me so I can close this out. Hallelujah. Our Jeremy's going to come in a minute. Church, would you bow your head for me? If you're here today and you know in your heart of hearts that you're not born again, and listen, if you can't know that you're born again, you're probably not. Because if you've had someone come in and radically change your life being Jesus Christ, you'd know it. You would know it. And I want to encourage you today, if if you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm ready to repent. I'm ready to turn to God. I'm ready to get off the throne. I'm ready to be forgiven. And I need to be. I want you to lift your hand and just say, today's my day. Today's the day I make Jesus the Lord of my life. There's hands going up all over this room. And I want you to pray this prayer with me from your heart. Dear Jesus, I repent. I need forgiveness. I need to be washed. I need to be cleansed. And I need to be made brand new. I want to be born again. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive the infilling of your Holy Spirit. And from this day forward, Jesus, I invite you and your resurrected life to live in me that you might live through me for your glory. Amen and amen. And all of God's people said amen. Come on, let's give him honor. Let's give him glory.